Welcome to the Vineyard Boise Sunday Message Podcast. You can join us live on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on Facebook, YouTube, and vineyardboise.org slash live. Subscribe to our message podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And if you'd like to support Vineyard Boise, you can give online at vineyardboise.org slash give. Today's message is brought to you by guest speaker Sharon Pryor. Enjoy. Well, I'm going to invite Sharon Pryor to come up. And as she comes up, I'll tell you what we're doing. We're in, this summer, we've been doing a series called Anchor Passages, where we're sharing, uh, we're inviting different pastors and leaders to share scripture that has anchored their soul, anchored their lives, anchored their ministry. Uh, throughout their Christian life. And it's been an incredibly powerful series. It's going gonna, it's gonna to finish well. We've got a few more weeks and it's going to be a strong finish um, because we're getting to hear messages that weren't prepped over the last several days, but messages that have been a part of people's lives for decades. And it's my privilege and honor really to, um, to, to introduce Sharon. If you don't know Sharon, uh, Sharon is, um, she is a faithful servant of God who's been serving God vocationally uh, typically over, a lot of stuff overseas for most of her adult life. And, uh, and she's not done yet. She's still serving. Uh, in fact, there's a trip coming up to Africa this week. This week. And so, um, but here's the thing. When people are, are not, not all Christian leaders finish well. Uh, not all Christian leaders run the race and finish well their whole lives. And so when I see somebody who's a little bit ahead of me and they're still running the race faithfully, and in spite of difficult circumstances, they're, they're still pressing into Jesus and growing uh, themselves, it makes me want to pay attention. And so I invite you to give Sharon your attention this morning because she's somebody who's running the race and finishing well, and she has a lot to offer us. So welcome, Thanks, Sharon. Sarah. Trevor, thank you for your greeting to Africa, except they had a glitch and did not hear it. So we're going to greet Can you want to join me in greeting Uganda? Hi, Uganda. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So a week from now, I'll be watching you from there. Um, I fly out on Thursday, and I'll talk a little bit more about that. But uh, yeah, so there's a story of a pastor who once asked his church to pray that God would shut down a strip club in their neighborhood. The whole church gathered for an evening prayer meeting, pleading with God to rid their community of the evils of this place. The next week, lightning struck the club and it burned to the ground. Hearing about the church's prayer crusade, the club owner promptly sued the church. When the court date arrived, the owner argued that it was the church members' prayers that caused him to lose his valuable business. The pastor dismissed these accusations by admitting that no one actually believed their prayers would do any good. (laughs) Let me get this straight, the judge says. I've got a strip club owner who believes in the power of prayer and a pastor who doesn't. 
<laughs> so what I want to ask you this morning is, are you like the strip club owner? Or are you like the pastor? Jesse, I hope you're in the room. That was incredible worship this morning. But part of it was because you brought a deposit with you. Were you affected by last Sunday's sermon? Yes. Are you still carrying the deposit from last Sunday? Yes. Yeah, yeah, we need to build on that. So what we're going to do right now is pray. Because my prayer is that no one leaves this room the way they came this morning. Jesse spoke into that. And there was a, a line in the song that I'd never noticed before. Chains break at the weight of your glory. So let's close our eyes. Lord, we want those chains to break at the weight of your glory. And Lord, we thank you for the deposit you made in us last Sunday. And we say, more Lord. Bring it on. Break the chains in our lives by the weight of your glory. Holy Spirit, come. Thank you so much for your individual love and knowledge of each person in this room, each person online. Come, O oh Lord. Break off those chains and show us your glory. We know we are agreeing with you when we ask this in your powerful name. Amen. So, Trevor asked me in June if I would share some anchor verses today, and I said, which anchor verses, which day, which week? Uh, my life is in a place where I can't go on yesterday's word. And in fact, as he was asking me, I, I heard this strange phrase. I heard, moldy manna. Moldy manna. So I've been kind of pondering and living with that ever since. But I looked it up in Exodus 16. So I can need that first slide. Exodus 16, 4, when it talked about the manna. There we go. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. Did it say that week? No, it said that day, didn't it? In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. Moses said, no one is to keep any of it until morning. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it until morning, but it was full of maggots and began to smell. This is the word of the Lord, as Mike likes to tell us. How do you approach the scriptures? As we look at anchor verses, how do you approach the scriptures? Do you listen to or read devotionals? Do you read devotional books? Do you listen to podcasts? How do you daily approach the word of the Lord? Uh, at this time in my life, there, there are times when I literally carry the Bible around like a baby blanket. I have to have a fresh word. I can't go on moldy manna. 
I was pondering getting my words through other people, which absolutely is part of my life. But, but I had this picture. Do the only, the only people that are, the only adults that eat pre-chewed, no, don't, adults don't eat pre-chewed food. Babies do. So if we're getting all of our food through someone else's mouth, what does that make us? Uh, 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 yes. So, according to this verse on manna, we need daily bread. Jesus, give us this day our daily bread. So, fresh words. Uh, a couple of years ago, someone gave me a copy of the Passion Translation, and I didn't realize how much I needed a different perspective of the Bible. Oh, that brought freshness. To me, it was like almost like reading a novel. Every page that I turned was new, and it just gave me a freshness. A pastor that I like to listen to said, approach the Bible as if you've never read that text before. Keep it fresh. Let God make it fresh to you. All right. A new picture. This is a picture of my family. Nope, that's a picture of Esther. Oh, there we go. <laughs> this is a picture of my family from about 1958, I think. We were the, the uh, WWTV in Omaha Farm Family of the Week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a big deal. We got to be on TV. <clears throat> and the reason I know the date there is because my, my brother that's on my mother's lap uh, was born in 57. So, yeah, it's going back. But uh, and then the next year after that, uh, I guess probably two years, my mother had a, a, a miscarriage. I was the kind of child that was extremely sensitive to everything that went on in our family and took it all personally. So I went into her in uh, the bath, into her bedroom. She was folding clothes, I think. When you have four kids, there's a lot of clothes to fold. If, and and I, I was crying, and I said, Mom, Mom, why did God let that baby die? And she was so wise. She took me out uh, and to the, the wall around the corner, and she showed me this little plaque. And you can put up the Bible verse now. The little plaque was Romans eight twenty eight, And it says... And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. It didn't add the rest of the verse that talks about um, and those chosen according to his purpose. That just, it was just a tiny little wooden plaque. I can see it clearly in my mind's eye. I talked with both my older brother and my younger sister this week. And I said, do you remember that plaque? I told them where it was in the corner. They have no memory of it. None. As far as they knew, no plaque. For me, it was life-changing. So if you're a parent, I just want to encourage you to know that you may not understand the power of speaking into your children's lives with the word. And also, don't, estimate, don't underestimate the power of the printed word on the walls of your house. Who knows? Uh, I'm sure my mother doesn't, didn't even remember that incident. But for me, it was an anchor verse. Romans 8.1, another anchor verse. Fast forward, I'm, I've made it through college. I'm um, teaching high school vocal music and keyboard. 
and I am ridden with guilt. Nobody would have known. It was all internal. I would, I would, anytime I had a spare moment, I had, that was back in the time of, of cassettes, and I had like a cassette that was on instant replay with every mistake I'd ever made, especially when I didn't live up to my standards of perfection. And so I, I can see myself still walking out of the uh, part of the rental house that I and four other teachers shared and just tormented with the things I'd done wrong, the things I should have done, the things I should have said, the things I shouldn't have said, just tormented. And somewhere along the line there, God spoke to me, Romans 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And he made it revelation to me. There is therefore now when is now? now? And now. And now. And now. I couldn't get away from it. There is therefore now. How much condemnation? Now. Hallelujah. I couldn't accept it anymore. But it was still a process. So I had... Uh, when I went to student teach, my dad found me a 57 Ford so I could have a car to drive to, to be a student teacher. And it had a push-button radio, if I remember correctly. You push, you, yeah, you, old people know, right? <laughs> <laughs> or people that like classic cars. <laughs> so I began to do that in my mind. When these things would come, I would, I would start, I would, like I'd push a button for a radio in my mind and I'd start singing a song and I, what worked the best is if I sang a song that started with Jesus' name. So I'd just begin to sing that song and if, it, and if I'd stop and it was still there, I'd push the button to another radio station. Another song that started with Jesus' name. Because condemnation cannot stay when you speak the name of Jesus. It's gone. So when I moved to Seattle, uh, I had two roommates who were champion swimmers, and I was not, and they were trying to teach me how to swim. So I'm doing the backstroke to, so one of them can get her, her approval to teach more swimming lessons. She had to teach me lessons, so I'm doing the backstroke, and those, those thoughts came. And there I am in the swimming pool, and I'm going, Jesus! And <laughs> I have no idea who heard me, who thought, whatever, but it worked for me. So... so I recommend it. Shouting out Jesus' name. They cannot stay. That condemnation cannot stay because Romans 8, 1 is true. Amen? Amen. All right. Let's go to Romans. So Romans 8, 28 for my mom was a word of, com of comfort, but Romans 8, 1 was a word of revelation. And so I want us to look briefly at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. I love this verse. I keep asking that the Lord of our, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. We don't, we don't put this word in our heart as a weapon. It's to help us know Jesus better. The better we know Jesus, the more he's coming through our lives to the people around us. But it's not going to happen if we're not putting it in there. So, revelation. Coming from him, changing our lives, writing the truths on our hearts, not just in our heads. This is an outstanding prayer to pray for yourself. I read a book once about a man who said he, um, 
in fact, I shared this once here on a Wednesday night, that the book of Ephesians changed his life. He started reading it every day and read it every day for the whole month. And even by the end of a month, even his wife was saying, what's different about you? As he was the washing of the regeneration of the book of Ephesians in his life. Okay, let's look at Ephesians 2.10. Being from a, a small, poor farm family, we all had an outstanding work ethic because we had to. And so I was, uh, when I got a, a church job in Seattle, I brought that strong work ethic with me. I worked pretty much night and day. And, um, but one of the things that God revealed to me during that time was Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Oh, did that help me. Because that my little tender heart, every need, every possibility, I thought I was responsible for. So this was a revelation to me that I didn't have to do everything. All I had to do was be responsible for the works that God had prepared in advance for me to do. So I love knowing every morning when I get up, that it's his to-do list that I'm responsible for, not mine. Now, if you're like me, a little type A, a little overachiever, then what happens sometimes is when God says, okay, this is my list for you today, you go, oh, oh, that's really good. That means I can also have time to do this, 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 this. And... Do you do that? We get in trouble when we do that. <laughs> but if we really do walk in the faith of God's plan that he's prepared beforehand to walk in. Oh, what freedom we have. And you know what? We have, according to the next verse, 2 Peter 1 verse 3, his divine power, say that with me, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Let's read it together. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Wow. Everything we need. But where does it come from? It comes through our knowledge of him. So all those nagging things that tell us, those times that we say, we don't have everything we need, it's a lie. And those other things that call us and say, ooh, you'll be better, or you'll be fine if you get this, this thing, this thing, the other thing, that's a lie too. But, and, and I don't know what you fight in your mind when you wake up in the morning. A whole lot of you face a lot more challenges than I do. But according to this verse, you have enough energy, you have enough resources, and you have the ability that you need to do the good works that he's prepared for you this day. Is that exciting to you? Yes. It is to me. That's why I don't have to be concerned <laughs> Well, yeah, I won't go there yet. Okay. <laughs> Years ago, Esther and I went on a trip to Asia, and those trips usually lasted two and a half to three months. 
And this particular time, we were flying out of Seattle and going to be going to the Philippines and then Thailand, and I don't remember, but maybe Africa, that I honestly don't remember. But we had enough money to eat or sleep, but not do both. And I don't know about you, but I like to do both. So uh, we got on the plane and just didn't have the resources. A man that we went to church with years ago said to me, how does this work for you with money? Because Esther and I walked by faith. Uh, We never felt led to tell people what our financial needs were. We told God. And so um, he said, how does this work? Do you just save up your money until you get all the money that you need for your trip, and then you go? And I said, if we did that, we would never leave town. We had to hear the word of the Lord and obey that and then trust it as we went. So we're on the plane to the Philippines. We get met by some missionary friends at the uh, airport and they say, oh, we're so sorry. We told you that we had accommodation for you at the missionary guest house, but they have a conference going on, so there's no room. We're really sorry. But I talked to this lady at church on Sunday, and she said, you could stay at her house because she was going to be out of country. We said, okay. So we we get in the car. They drive us to this gated community. We pull in at a place that has a Mercedes in the parking lot and a swimming pool, seven bedrooms, three baths, and three servants. They said, will this be all right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for a few days, we, we could handle this. <laughs> so when we went to Thailand, we went to a missionary guest house because that was our main job, to encourage people that were working for Jesus. And we poured our hearts out. We had meetings every night. Uh, I led the worship. Esther brought the word. People cried because they were in fellowship. And, and we brought parties, and, and we brought... Um, new books and new magazines, and we just poured out and poured out, and, used, and then we planned to pay our way. So we got, after 30 days, we went to the, to the manager, and we said, we're here to pay our bill, and she said, it's paid in full. And we said, what? Yeah, somebody took care of it for you. Yeah, yeah. Suffering for Jesus, I tell you. <laughs> so, recent words. Um, Photo, yeah. Now the picture of Esther, please. Yeah. So, for those of you that don't know, I joined Esther in 1979 because she had a call to go around the world and tell my children that I love them. She was a, a practical school teacher, practice or. Taught junior high her whole career until God sovereignly called her to go do this. And then he called me to join her in 1979. So for 43 years, I'm, I'm much older than I look. <laughs> um, 43 years, we traveled around the world and ministered um, most uh, until recent years when her health failed. And so last year in June, she went to, to transition to heaven. And uh, so... The only clear word I could get as she was in the last times of her life was Joshua 1 verse 2. Did I give that to you? I don't think I did. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then. That's the only word I could get from God. I thought, could we have a little sympathy here? (laughs) 
How about a few soft things, you know? How about a little mercy? No, that's over and over. Moses, my servant, is dead. I decided God is not sentimental. <laughs> he did not come up with Hallmark. Um, he said, see, it was like, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then. And then that's where he stopped it in my mind. So he had made it clear to me when she went into assisted living that uh, my call wasn't over just because hers was. I'd gone to the very day that she signed up for assisted living. I went to the post office box, and, and there was my passport. I'd applied for it 14 weeks earlier. That day, the passport was there. I went, <gasps> and I immediately heard four-part harmony. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. So I knew that the call of my life was serious, and it wasn't ending just because Esther got to go to heaven. So then things got a little crazy. Um, since that time, I've uh, seen the Pacific Ocean multiple times. I've seen the Atlantic Ocean. I've been to the Mediterranean. I've seen, been to the Sea of Galilee. I've uh, several other places I can't re remember because I've been on the road. God has just taken me very seriously to be about his business. So, I want to show you a family photo from July. This July, I was with my family. Yeah, that, that group you saw earlier, they expanded. <laughs> yeah, they've been very fruitful and multiplying, except for me. I do a different kind of multiplication. There are actually eight people missing there. That's my immediate family. Virtually all of them live within uh, 40 miles of each other in southeast Nebraska. So, my sister, who's newly widowed, um, and has a three-bedroom house in Lincoln, Nebraska, and who's probably watching, hi, Sarah, um, has invited me to come and live with her. And next photo, Genesis 12.1. So it makes a lot of sense for me to do that. And for my practical family, who doesn't talk about such things, but I hear by the rumor mill, they think that would be a smart idea. Um, but this is the verse that I got from the Lord instead. The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. So, years ago, he showed me that he called me to the world. And so when I read this, I thought I edited it in my mind, and I said, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household. Okay, that answers that one. Apparently, I'm not supposed to move to Nebraska. To the land I will show you. And I thought he meant maybe back to the world. But apparently, for right now anyway, it's Uganda. Because last December, I went to Uganda. Um, my, Esther's and my two best friends are ministering there among needy children and training uh, godly adults and how and equipping, equipping them to reach out to children in, in multiple crises. And uh, I, I went to walk alongside them. That led to another trip last spring to help them because they had a medical emergency and they both needed to go to the Philippines. So I was asked to come and help cover while they were gone. And then that led to this trip because uh, Lori is Canadian, and uh, she has not been able to go back home to Canada for the last four years, and the Lord strongly showed me I was to come to spell her off so that she could go have family time.
So this trip, I'm going to be there for 47 days uh, while Lori gets to have some family time in Canada. Uh, so uh, step by step, he's leading me. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. This verse has come, these verses have come to me multiple, multiple times since Esther's death. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord. You probably know it. Say it with me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Amen. Amen. So, a lot of things in those two verses. Trust all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. We do it all the time, don't we? We say, well, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, that's right. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. So, we're back to daily manna. How's he going to do that? One of the ways he does it is getting words from other sources. Years ago, Esther and I uh, came back from Asia, and there was a message on the machine, and they were calling, and they wanted to know if I was, would be able to go to Siberia. And I was like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> they made it sound really inviting. They said, it's a harder trip than usual. You'll have to fly from, let's see, it was, I lived in Portland, near Portland, Portland Airport, L.A., to London, to uh, Moscow, and then Moscow on Aeroflot for 10 hours on seats that didn't like people, and then... Uh, then get on the train, the Siberian Express. Yeah, I got to go on the Siberian Express um, for eight hours. And then we arrived in the outback of Siberia. Uh, but when they're, they're telling me on the phone that, yeah, we're going to be at an army base, so it's going to be pretty rugged, and, and it's going to be November. And I'm like, Lord, remember I'm the one that uses down comforters in July? <laughs> we're talking Siberia, November. Wrong person, wrong person. And, and so, but, so I called my friend in Canada, and I said, a praying friend, and I said, listen, I need a word from the Lord. I got this invitation to Siberia. Me, Siberia? Wrong, wrong. And would you pray with me? So, but already the Lord was showing me in my mind, this is how you're going to do it. This is how you're going you're gonna to write this letter to the leaders. This is what you're going to ask them to do. Get five people. To, I'm like, no, no, no. And so, Melanie, would you pray with me and see if this is from God? Hoping she'd say, yeah, you don't have to go. <laughs> the next morning, I get a call from Melanie, and she goes, I got these verses. I think you're in. I said, I know. I am. <laughs> so, and it was an incredible time. Of course, it was an incredible time because God's faithful. Uh, and even though my apple froze behind my head in my room, um, we, we had no electricity for two days, no heat for two days. Uh, those people get to live in that their whole lives. I was just passing through. But a powerful move of God took place there because I said yes. And Melanie confirmed it. Um, last year, uh, I needed a confirmation, and someone in this congregation who was praying for me got a clear word for me from the Lord that God repeated to me. And so we need words from one another. So when we go to the scriptures, are you looking for things that you can use to encourage other people? Are you spending enough time in your devotional time so that you're getting stuff that you can send to other people and build them up? Maybe that's a part of your call too. All right.
the whole premise, actually, of this book was Esther was a nice Baptist girl that knew all about hearing God's word in the Bible, but she said, Lord, I think you want to speak in other ways too. So, listening and obeying when he speaks to you uh, from, from, uh, with his voice. Because it says in John, my sheep hear my voice and they know me. So are you hearing his voice? Is he directing you? Once Esther and I were walking down the streets of Bangkok and the American rock music was so loud, I couldn't even hear myself think. And I thought, man, this is what we're exporting to Thailand. Rock music that covers the voice of the Holy Spirit. So there's no way. How can they hear the Holy Spirit over that? What's the noise in your life that keeps you from hearing that still small voice? What are you filling your time with that keeps you from being open and available to hear his voice? Can we stand? By 7 p.m. on October 29, 1968, at the Mexico City Olympic Stadium, it was beginning to darken and the weather had cooled. The last of the Olympic marathon runners was being assisted away to first aid stations. Over an hour earlier, Mamo Waldi of Ethiopia had charged across the finish line, winning the 26-mile, 385-yard race, looking as strong and as vigorous as when he started. As the last few thousand spectators began preparing to leave, they heard police sirens and whistles blaring through the gate. Their attention turned to that gate. A sole figure, wearing the colors of Tanzania, came limping into the stadium. His name was John Stephen Aquari. He was the last man to finish the marathon. His legs was bandaged and bloody due to a bad fall he had taken early in the race. Now it was all he could do to limp his way around the track. Finally, a man, when as he approached the finish line, dared to ask the question everyone was wondering, you are badly injured. Why didn't you quit? Why didn't you give up? A quarry answered with quiet dignity, my country, did not send me 7,000 miles to start this race, but to finish it. So the word that my friend gave me that I got from also was from um, Joshua 13.1. And God said, you are very old. <laughs> but there is still much territory to be taken. So he's honest. I'm 74. When Jerry said the other uh, several weeks ago that he's 70 now, and so he doesn't have to, isn't going to travel anymore, I'm going. <laughs> but that's not the word to me. The word I got was I was very old, and I get to travel. <laughs> so what does what God want to do with your life? What do you need today? What chains are holding you back? 
If you are the same right now as you were when you came into this church service, I need you to come to the altar because I don't want anyone leaving here the same way they came in. God wants to meet you. He wants to call you deeper. He wants to call you farther. He has a, a plan for this congregation, and it includes you being on fire for him. So, ministry team, can you come up here? And, and the, anyone who's looking for, if you came in here today needing a clear word from the Lord, these people are practiced at listening to God for clear words. If you came in here, uh, are there any needs? I haven't asked if there are needs for prayer, the uh, words of knowledge, if they, uh, please put them on if there are. But would you please, at this moment, seek God. Father, there are people in this room that don't trust you because they think that they have a better idea of their lives than yours. Father, I pray that you would cause them to come and repent and give you a chance to be Lord of their lives. There are people that are struggling with guilt and condemnation because they've been listening to that voice like I was. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. False guilt right now because of not parenting the way you should have. Repent and start anew as you leave this place. More power, Lord. We all need a fresh touch of your power. Spirit of the living God, come. Come. All who are thirsty, i mm-hmm. 
were praying earlier, I just kept hearing um, change, change, change through repentance. And if you came in here today, as Sharon said, and, and you, as she said earlier, she doesn't want you to leave this place the same as you came in. And I just hear the Holy Spirit saying it's time to change through repentance. Repentance will shift your life. Repentance will shift the trajectory of how things are going right now. Walking in repentance will shift how, and you will leave here changed and different. So if you need to just meet with the Lord right now and walk in repentance, repentance is the confession of our sin and the turning away from our sin in the opposite direction. So this morning, if you know you've just been walking in sin, you're saying, hey, I'm, I, that's me. If you just want to come up right now and just spend some time with the Lord, just do that right now. Make a, if you need to stand up where you are or just step out of your seat, wherever you are, make a, make a, a step out of where you were and say, I'm repenting. I'm walking in repentance today. Repentance will change your heart and change your life. I also just want to say as we close this morning, that, um, that book that Sharon mentioned is available in the bookstore today. You can grab that if that would help you in your journey today and help you with where what, what's happening in your life right now. If that would minister to you, go ahead and grab that. But let's not rush out of this moment. Let's let the Holy Spirit just continue to do His work and meet with God. We're going to just keep singing that song. And, and if you just need to meet with the Lord, just do that today. Take the time to do that today. Thanks for listening. To respond or receive prayer after the live stream closes, please email prayer at vineyardboise.org. And if possible, include your phone number. We'd love to get in touch with you. Thanks.